Connect Church family. What's up, everybody? I am so excited to be bringing you the word today. Uh, first and foremost, before we get into any of our conversation and any of our topic today, I want to honor my pastor and my pastors, Pastor Derek and Stacy Fry. But before you give a ton of love online in the chat, make sure you understand why we're giving them honor. First and foremost, uh, PD just brought incredible messages on end times in biblical prophecy. Honestly, as a communicator, as a preacher, that's one of the most intimidating things I've ever seen in my entire life because there is so much theology wrapped up in that. There is so much that could go wrong. And uh, Pops, I just want to say, uh, I thought you handled it with such grace. I thought you handled it with such truth and such an authority with the scriptures. And so I want to honor my pastor. We are well fed at this church. Come on, we have an incredible pastor, incredible leaders. Mom, thank you for your leadership. Uh, we love you guys so much. And uh, for our guests, for our online audience, I need you guys, listen, if you don't know me, I'm a preacher. I'm not just a teacher. I'm also a preacher. And I'm going to preach it like I feel it today. You already are probably seeing spit flying. You're going to see a vein in this neck pop out quite a bit. It is what it is. I need you guys to engage with me in the chat. I need to see fire emojis everywhere. I'm watching right now, okay? I'm watching this service. So I need you guys' online participation. And uh, in spirit, I know you're shouting me down when you're in your homes or wherever you're watching from. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Devin. I'm the youth and young adult pastor of our church. And uh, I'm so excited to be able to preach today because we're in this series. This is part two of our Multiply series. PD just preached last week on it. And uh, I just love the vision that God gave our pastor. Uh, we are called to multiply. Come on, in a season where many churches, and I know a ton of churches right now, where we're just, they're just waiting and they're chilling. Uh, we got the vision from the Lord at the beginning of this year, and even though Corona season hit, all this kind of stuff, all the chaos and the craziness that comes with the coronavirus season and COVID season, uh, Pops just heard from God. He's like, no, we're multiplying this season. And so I love serving the vision of this house. Uh, man, it's so uh, incredible, and it's been such an adventure. And so I want to get right into the message today. But before we get into the message, I'm going to read this text in a moment. And you're going to see it below. I got a powerful word for you. So I need your hearts to be open. I need your minds to be open. And your notebooks need to be open because I got a lot to say in a little bit of time. But before that, Larry Stockstill, he's an incredible pastor out in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, an incredible leader. Uh, I got to sit under his ministry for a little bit and uh, got to receive the word from him. He says this in his book, The Remnant. I just read this book about six months ago. He says in every church, there are three levels of participation. There are attenders, there are members, and then there are multipliers. Oh, man, I love it. Already I'm preaching. So you got attenders, people that show up to church, people that come up uh, occasionally. In our church, we call these like frequent flyers. They just attend. Then you got members, people who serve, people who give. And we are, love, we are in love with our members of our church. Our dream team is incredible. But then you got multipliers. Multipliers is a different level and a different level of engagement. And here's what it means. It basically means members are people where they spread the message of the church and then multipliers of people, they spread the message of the gospel. And this is what I want to talk about today because I have the huge responsibility, but also my passion is soul winning. I want to talk about that for the next two weeks. You're going to have me for the next two weeks. So Pops, if nobody shows up online for the next two weeks, we understand why. He's coming back later. Don't worry about it. But we're going to be talking about soul winning for the next couple weeks. And I'll debrief this a little bit. So uh, let's go to John chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, go and get your Bibles. Go into your living room right now. Go everywhere you got. You can, you can find your Bible and go get it. Uh, bring it into the living room and let's open up the Bible in John chapter 1. And then also put a bookmark in Proverbs chapter 11. Now I got my Bible with me right here. And so 
We're going to read from a paperback Bible right now. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, it should be on the screen below me. But John chapter 1, verse 40 through 42 is what I want to read. And we want to do a little case study on this man named Andrew. Now, Andrew is often overlooked, but I want to read this little brief passage of Scripture. It says this, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard Jesus, uh, heard about what John had said, and had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was find his brother Simon, and he told him, we have found the Messiah. We have found the Messiah. That is the Christ. And then he brought him to Jesus. I love this. Jesus looked at him and he said, you are Simon, son of John, and you will be called Cephas, which is then translated Peter. I love this so much. Now, one more passage in Proverbs chapter 11. It says it like this. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. It says this, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and the one who is wise saves lives. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and the one who is wise saves lives. I want to preach from this subject today, uh, the heart of soul winners, the heart of soul winners. Originally, when I was coming up and kind of crafting this topic and this message, uh, I was going to start with the habits of soul winners. And so how many know you can't get the practical handles before you get the heart? You need to, before you get the external, you know, challenges, you need the internal motivations. And so I think it's so much easier to win souls and so much easier to actually evangelize than any of us think. However, before we get the habits, you need to get the heart. And so I'm going to pray today that God can supernaturally and spiritually really change your heart. And there's a scripture I'm going to highlight and reference a little bit later in Ezekiel where it really talks about having a new heart, having a new spirit within you. And my prayer today is that we get a heart for soul winning. So let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity I have today to be able to speak your word. Um, To be honest, it's heavy. It's heavy on my heart because I know uh, this matters. This matters in really life and death and heaven and hell are in the balance. And so, Father, would you do what only you can do, especially through technology and these airwaves? I just ask that my heart would be translated to theirs, but more importantly, the heart of God would be translated into their hearts as well. Help us to develop a heart for soul winning. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Um, I'm going to say a statement that oftentimes you won't hear from a pastor or a preacher. Uh, I don't know if it's because of a lack of vulnerability in the church or whatnot, but Honestly, for me, for a long time, I was terrified to share my faith. And uh, I would venture to say for many of you watching online or many of you watching wherever you're at on YouTube or on podcast, I'd say I'm probably not alone in that. I think a lot of us want to win souls and we want to be able to be evangelists or witnesses for Christ. But a lot of times there's just this block. There's this stumbling block. There is this way about us that, I don't know, there's just a, there's a, we're stuck. We're stuck in this pattern. And so I did some reflecting because honestly, my whole life, I always wanted to be an evangelist. Another way we would say it in our language for today, I wanted to be a soul winner. And so I heard stories of people that, you know, they would win their entire football team to Christ. I have friends that would literally go to back to their school. They would be alumni. They would go back to their high school. And they won tons of people to Christ, brought them to church. And they saw all of them fall in love with Jesus. I heard people that were like pastors and preachers. And they always had airplane stories. And they're going on planes and they're winning people to Christ. And for me, I always wanted that. But I was always stuck in this pattern and in this routine. And I think there's a lot of people that are watching right now that you're like, 
I want that. I want to be a soul winner. I know this matters to God. I know this matters to my city. I know I have a responsibility to share this gospel message. And yet you just feel stuck. And to be honest, as I was doing some inventory and some reflection personally, I realized that I was stuck. I realized that I was also selfish. Selfishly, I wanted to look really good to other people. And I didn't want to look like that weird Christian guy. How many know I'm talking to somebody? Come on, I need to see it in the chat. Say, you're talking to me, pastor. You're talking to me. Um, I think so many people, they're just selfish because we are scared of people's rejection. But if you're scared of people's rejection, you will not be used by God. It is very clearly stated in Scripture. And so, but we get so selfish. We get so stuck. Honestly, I think the main reason was I wasn't fully surrendered to Jesus. I think that was the real reason. And so for me, I wanted to be a soul winner. I wanted to see my city come to Christ. I wanted to see my school come to Christ. I wanted to see my friends come to Christ. But there was always that block. And so I began to study people that were effective at evangelism. I became, to, uh, I became, and I became obsessed with really studying people that wanted to win souls and had a fire in their bones. And so I came across this story. There's this man named Grady Wilson. Now, you may have never heard of him before. Uh, many people haven't. But Grady Wilson was a baseball player. He brought his friend Billy uh, to this church service. He heard about this tent revival meeting. It was amazing. And so there was this man named Dr. Mordecai Ham who was preaching on the realities of heaven and hell. And he talked about, it was really a repentance message. And so he said to everybody, he says, you are going to one place. You have a destination. There is an eternal destination for your life. And if you don't put your faith in Jesus, you are deciding that destiny for yourself. And so he gave a salvation message. There was an altar call. And both Billy and Grady ran up to the altar. They actually went, the story says, they actually went up to where the choir was sitting because they were so enthralled with this message. And they gave their hearts to Christ that day. And Grady Wilson invited Billy Graham to the altar, and Billy Graham gave his life to Christ because of Grady Wilson. Now, everybody knows Billy Graham. Everybody knows Billy Graham, but few people know who Grady Wilson is. But how many know we would not have Billy if we did not have Grady? And Grady is a soul winner. And the text that we read earlier in John chapter 1 is an amazing text because everybody knows this is perfect illustration. Everybody knows who Peter is. Peter is this dynamic personality. Peter is this guy that, you know, he cut off ears. He has this crazy chaotic story. He's got his own books in the Bible, first and second Peter. Uh, he's known for preaching Christ and 3,000 people gave their hearts to Christ on one single day. That is the Peter that we know. That is the Peter that we love. But few people talk about Andrew who actually brought Peter to Christ. And so Peter and Andrew are an incredible dynamic duo, but we don't hear much about Andrew. And this is the heart of a soul winner, is you don't need recognition. You don't need to be known by everybody else. You just need to know that people are falling in love with Jesus, and that is your heart's desire. That is your heart's greatest concern. And this is the man that we want to study today, is this man named Andrew. Now, here's something you need to know about Andrew, is that Andrew doesn't have any recorded sermon in Scripture because he was the sermon. Oh my gosh, I'm preaching right now. Come on, somebody throw it out in the chat. You need to say, preach, white boy. Come on. Uh, Andrew was the sermon. He didn't preach a sermon recorded in Scripture because he was the sermon. He did not need recognition. He just brought people to Christ. As a matter of fact, any time we ever saw Andrew in all of Scripture, we found him three different times. We found him, one, bringing his brother to Christ. Two, we found him bringing bread and loaves to Christ so that Christ could multiply it and give it off 
uh, to the multitude and to the crowds. And the last thing is we also saw him bring the Greeks to Christ. So anytime you see Andrew in scripture, he is always bringing people and possessions to Jesus. And I love this because we need people like that. Because here's the deal. The heart of soul winning and the heart of soul winners knows this. You don't have to save anybody. All you have to do is serve anybody and everybody in your direction and in your path. You cannot save a soul. Jesus does that, but you can serve souls. That is the heart of this message, and that is the heart of soul winners. It does not matter who you are. It does not matter where you come from. It does not matter if you are black, if you are white, if you are Republican or Democrat. I'm preaching right now, somebody. It does not matter who you are or where you are from, the mistakes you have made. The heart of soul winners says, I don't care what color, what creed, or what race you are from, you matter to God and God matters to you. Can I get an amen from somebody in this chat today? It's the heart of soul winning. And so I asked myself this question as I was crafting this message is, is what is it about soul winners? Like, what is it about Andrew? What is it about John the Baptist that was preaching? And then Andrew and John, his brother, gave their hearts to Christ. What was it about Peter and his dynamic personality where thousands of people got saved? What was it about these soul winners? And honestly, I began to pray. I began to think. I began to study scripture. And what I found is if you rip open the heart of a soul winner and you get to look directly into their heart, here's what I think you would find. Three things. And here's my message today. Is number one, I think if you looked into the heart of a soul winner, I think the first thing you would find is this, is fractures. I think the first thing you would find in the heart of a soul winner is you would find a fractured heart. What does that mean? It simply means it's broken. It's hurting. You see the needs of humanity. I, I can't begin to describe these stories as a pastor, as a leader, as a young man that I have seen in this COVID season. At the time of this recording, in 2020, we are experiencing a global pandemic. And to some people, it's the greatest time of their life. And to some people, it is hell on earth. And I can go through a litany of stories from this entire year where, man, people are broken. People are hurting. And soul winners, their heart is broken. Their heart is fractured because they see differently. They have an advanced eye. They don't see the way everybody else sees. See, because just like Jesus, I'm thinking about the story in Zacchaeus. Just like Jesus, this is what happened with Zacchaeus. Um, everybody sees the greed in Zacchaeus' life, right? They know he's a tax collector. They know he's a greedy man. Nobody likes him. Everybody hates him. We want nothing to do with Zacchaeus, right? But Jesus, he sees Zacchaeus. So people see the greed in Zacchaeus' life. Jesus saw the hurt in his heart. Zacchaeus, see, uh, matter of fact, one meeting with Jesus, and Zacchaeus gave everything back quadruple fold. Like he gave everything back because he met with Jesus, and Jesus was a soul winner. He says, Zacchaeus, I know you don't matter to many people. You matter to me. And I wish, and I wish, and I pray that our church isn't just friendly. I think Connect is known for being so friendly. I pray that our church will be known for being focused. I think this is the heart of a soul winner. Is it so broken? I think about the scripture where Jesus, he sees the crowd. And he sees the crowd, and the Bible says that he is moved with compassion. See, what you don't need to pray for, you don't need to pray for boldness. I think there's a spirit of boldness that can come on you in certain moments. But what you really need to pray for is that compassion would overwhelm your heart. See, because when you see with the eyes of a soul winner, this is what happens every single time. Compassion fills your heart, and then boldness comes out of your life because of your compassionate heart. This is the heart of soul winners, is their heart is fractured. It's broken. Can I be totally transparent and honest with you. 
Um, this past year has been tough for our family. Um, I think there's been a whole lot of pain and there's been a whole lot of struggle because we have our grandfather who's going through it right now. Uh, many of you guys know our story. My grandfather who actually founded this church and founded this uh, building and our daycares and this organization. Um, physically, his body is so healthy. Mentally, his body is so unhealthy. And so to watch your grandfather really deteriorate right before your eyes, I hope you guys can handle this vulnerability and transparency. It's, it rips your heart out of your chest. Um, being a youth pastor, uh, I've had the privilege and the honor and the duty and the calling to be able to take care of a lot of young people. Um, and the burden of my personality, the burden of my nature, and I think the burden of any soul winner is you care so deeply about people, oftentimes more than they care about themselves. And I've seen so much brokenness over the years. There's a lot of young people that, uh, there's one particular young man that I love to death. And I'm so proud of the man that he's become, but he's struggling mentally in and out of the hospital. And he's just up and down. He's struggling with some kind of chemical issues. And, and we're praying for you and we love you. And we don't give up on you in this church. But how much longer is it going to take for some of us to see the needs of humanity and then be moved by compassion just like Jesus says? Later on in that scripture, I believe it's in Matthew, the Bible literally says Jesus sees these people. He's moved with compassion for them. And what happens? He's like, they're a sheep without a shepherd. And how many people don't have a shepherd? Can you imagine going through life in this day and age, not having God your Father in heaven, not knowing that the God and the king of the universe, come on, the creator of the cosmos, the God that created you and me is not for you. Can you imagine not knowing? How do people go through life without God? How do people go through life, come on, without a local church? For some of my friends that are watching here, listen, the church has never shut down. The doors might be closed physically, but our doors are wide open. You need to get involved and get engaged because you need shepherds. You need people that is, you need to be involved in community. It is the greatest thing for your soul. And listen, for soul winners, your heart should be broken looking at humanity. I could go through a bevy of other stories of people in our church, people in this community, people. Now, forgive me for the mic check. The people are really going through it right now. And I don't know how much longer you need to see that before you are moved with compassion. So my prayer for us is that our heart would be broken for the things that breaks God's heart. And it is all about people. Soul winners are all about people. Their heart is fractured. It's fractured. Here's the second thing I think that happens in the heart of soul winners is this. Is they have fractures, but they also have fear. And Devin, that's... That's crazy because the Bible says very clearly God did not give you a spirit of fear. Well, it's a different kind of fear. Is soul winners, they have a healthy fear of God. It's a completely different story. See, because it really is talking about a reverence and awe of the glory and the splendor and really the justice of God. Soul winners know that one day, listen to me everybody, I'm preaching and I'm pastoring right now. One day you need to know you will stand before God. There are two judgment seats. There's the great white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ. And one day you will stand before God face to face, one on one. Dad's not going to be there. Mom's not going to be there. Pastor's not going to be there. None of your friends are going to be there. And it's going to be between you and God. And you will have to give an account for your life. And the simple question that's going to be asked is this. What did you do with my son? And friend, that puts 
fear on the inside of me, a healthy fear, a reverence to know that I am not going to just waste my life doing what I want to do, promoting myself, doing things that I'm just not trying to make a dollar. I'm trying to make a difference. I'm trying to give people the gospel message and the hope for humanity. There is a healthy fear on the inside of me because I know that my life I'm going to have to give an account for. It's a fear of God. And here's the second fear is this. It is a fear of hell. And one of the things I love about our pastor is he has taught us and he has led the younger generation, my generation. We are not afraid to tiptoe around subjects that other people are afraid to talk about. And listen, every once in a while, you need to hear the subject and the topic of hell preached. Because the reality of heaven and hell is so true for so many people. And you, my friends, are going to one of two places. And it is all dependent upon the relationship and the receptivity of Jesus Christ in your life. And for my Christians, for my fellow believers, for people that are kind of journeying through this faith walk, for my soul winners, there is nothing more motivating on planet earth than the reality of hell. And it gives you such clarity and it gives you such focus. And if you have this information, friend, what are you going to do about it? Because soul winners know their heart is fractured, but there's also fear inside of it, knowing that some of my friends, some of my family, some of my community are headed to hell if it isn't for me transferring the gospel message. What is the gospel? The gospel is good news. It is good news. It is not bad news. The bad news is people are going to hell. The good news is you don't have to go there and it is not by your works. It is not by your merit. Those things are like filthy rags, the Bible says. It is not by how good you behave, but it is about how good Jesus is and his sacrifice on the cross. And all you have to do is by grace through faith, receive the free gift that is Jesus. That is so simple. It is so easy, but yet people want to work for their salvation. Friend, can I just beg you, plead with you, you got to give your heart to Christ. Why? Because Christianity is not just the right way. It's the best way to live. And God doesn't just promise you eternity in heaven. He actually says you can experience heaven on earth. This is my mission. This is why I exist. This is why I preach. I could do a lot of other different things. I'm pretty sure I can make a lot of money in different places, but this is why God has placed me on planet earth. And this is why I have a healthy fear on my, in my soul and in my life, because I know that my mission is to point people to heaven and it is to teach people how to live heaven on earth. And I see so many people, they do not experience the John 10, 10 abundant life that God promises. And it is heartbreaking to see. Soul winners, the heart of soul winners is fractured. The heart of soul winners, they got fear on the inside of them. But here's the last thing I think probably the most important is soul winners, watch this friends. <laughs> soul winners, they got fractures, they got fear, but they also, man, don't make me preach right now. They also got fire. Oh my gosh. Let me, let me read this scripture in Jeremiah. They also got fire. See, because the fire of God will do something that nothing else will. No no external motivation, no money could promote you, no money could motivate you, the fire of God will do that for you. Now watch this. Jeremiah chapter 20. I got to turn there real quick. Jeremiah chapter 20, it says this. Verse 9. But if I say, I won't mention his word. As a matter of fact, let's go up to verse 7. Verse 8. 
Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word, of Lord, the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. So Jeremiah is literally saying, I'm getting insulted. I'm getting bombarded. There is external issues. There are people coming at me. I'm getting persecuted. I'm getting ridiculed. People are criticizing me. I got haters. And yet he says, but if I say, I won't mention his word, or I won't speak anymore in his name, his word is, like a, is, like, is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. Listen, for some of us, we just need to be reminded of the gospel message and how much you, my friends, have been forgiven. Oh my gosh. I remember for me, the first time I heard the gospel message and I really received it and I understood it for the very first time. My eyes were opened. My heart was opened, and I received this message. I thought to myself, this is the greatest news on planet Earth. You're telling me that people don't have to go through life empty, broken, or hurting anymore? I don't have to be insecure any longer? I don't have to carry the shame or the guilt or the pain from my past anymore? And there is a person that can provide hope for that, and that person's name is Jesus? You're telling me that I can share that with other people? There is a fire within my bones that I just cannot help but access to speak and see and speak about what I have seen and what I have heard in my life. Friend, heart, the heart of soul winners, they got fractures, they got fear, and they also got fire. You know why I have the fire of God in my life? You know why I can't help but talk about what I have seen and what I have heard? It's because I remember who I was. Oh my gosh, some of you need to go back on memory lane and go down that path right now because I remember how guilty I was. I remember how angry I was. And if there were some people in this auditorium right now, because I know you're doing it in the chat, you guys would help me and shout me down because so many of us have been redeemed from the old ways and God has put us on a new path and some of us should not be here right now, but if it wasn't for the grace and the mercy and the favor and the love of God that has rescued our lives. I remember who I was. You know what? I know who I am now. That's why I got a fire in my bones. I cannot help but speak about what I have seen and what I have heard because I know who I am now. God has blessed me. I got a beautiful wife. I got a son. I got a second son on the way right now. We are homeowners. And I'm not saying all these materialistic things are just solely the favor of God. I'm telling you, God has so blessed me that I also have peace in my heart. Come on, there's something to be said about having productivity, but also having peace, having success, but also having sanity. So God has blessed me both externally and internally. I know who I am now. I know who I once was. And friend, here's the biggest news. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. That I know I don't have to spend my whole life separated from God. That is why I have a fire in my bones. And it's a fire that cannot be quenched. It's why I'm a preacher. It's why I have to shout from the rooftops. It's why I have to go in person, online. It's why this vein pops out every once in a while. It's why spit is flying because I know that people need to hear this message. And my prayer is that you get the heart of a soul winner. That when you see humanity, you see brokenness. You see pain. And like Jesus, you are moved with compassion. That your heart is fractured. That your heart has fear. But more than anything, that your heart has fire. I'll close with this sermon, this illustration. Um, I have a friend, he comes to our church. He played in the NFL formerly. And he was telling me about how he got recruited. And so it was an incredible, incredible story. And as he was communicating, I'm like, dude, this is a sermon waiting to happen. And so he's telling me that these scouts 
would scour literally the entire earth. And they would go to these minuscule, obscure places just to find top-tier talent of people that were hungry. Oh my gosh, don't make me preach right now. And so they would literally go and they would fly in different places. They would travel in buses. Sometimes they would walk and scour the earth to find top-level talent and recruit them and see if they can get them on their team. Now, friend, this sounds a whole lot like Jesus to me, is that Jesus would literally scour the earth. He would go from province to province, city to city, town to town, and he would find people just like you and me. And he's saying, I want you to play on my team. I want you to get in my corner. I want you to get in my circle because I love you. I am for you. And Jesus, friends, was not just our savior. He is also our model. And so this is the heart of a soul winner. Soul winners will go from town to town, city to city, region to region. They will plant more campuses. They will preach with passion. They will use whatever means necessary, from money to platform to business to wherever your school system is at. They will use anything necessary to leverage their resources, to leverage their passion, to leverage their time, their talent, their treasure, so that the gospel message can be heard and they could share all around the world. That is the heart of a soul winner. A soul winner's heart is fractured. It's, it's full of fear, the fear of God and the fear of hell. But it's also full of fire. And listen, we're not NFL recruiters. We're heaven's recruiters. We have a responsibility. And my prayer for you, and this is what I want to pray for you, is in Ezekiel, it says this, is I want to give you a new heart. I want to give you a new spirit. And I want to turn your heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And next week, we're going to talk about the habits of soul winners. It's easier than you think. I want to give it to you now, but I'm not going to. You have to be here next week. And this message, listen, you need to share this message because soul winning is our responsibility. Don't miss next week. I need to talk to you. I need to give you some practical handles on it. But first, we need to ask God that he would put a heart of a soul winner on the inside of us. So right now, Father, we just ask you, wherever we're at, we remove all distraction. I can see the family right now where they are distracted in their home. I just ask that you give them peace right now to the kids that are crying. Give them peace. Because right now, Lord, we ask that you would do a surgery, an open heart surgery, where you would remove our heart of stone. For many of us that have been believers for decades, it seems to go that the longer we go in our Christianity, in our faith, the more selfish we become. And it's the people that are brand new that, just like Andrew, they just, as soon as he heard the message, he had to bring his brother. He had to bring his sister. He, that we have to bring our friends. We have to bring our family to Jesus. I pray that we get the spirit and the heart of somebody that just, just got saved, God. And so would you give us that passion again? Would you put a heart of flesh into our hearts? May it not be calloused or jaded or hurt by the ways of this world. And Father, would you put a heart of a soul winner like Andrew, like John the Baptist, like John the Apostle, like Peter, like Jesus. Would you put a heart of a soul winner inside of each and every single one of us? We have a responsibility to reach and save and seek and to save that which was lost. But right now, Father, we, we relieve and alleviate any of that pressure. We are not called to save anybody, but we can serve everybody. And so we put the saving to you and we ask that you put the heart in us to win souls. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Now I want to issue one challenge and I want to pray for one more group of people. It's this, for my family, for all those that call Connect Church home, people that call this their, their, their home and the place that they serve and give at, I want to challenge you to be a multiplier. And here's the issue you're going to hear for the next two weeks. Here's the challenge. Is this, is that each one would reach one. Each one reach one. All of us have a responsibility to take care of our city. Listen, I might be one of the pastors of Connect, but you are the pastor of your workplace. You are the pastor of your family. You are the pastor of your city. You're the pastor of that school. You're the pastor of your team. It's time to win some souls. And we have the heart. And next week, I want to give you the habits. But all of us have a responsibility. Each one. Come on, I want you to put that in the chat right now. Each one, reach one. Before that, I just want to pray for one more group of people that maybe need to say, <laughs> this whole message, God was speaking to me. And so would you bow your heads and close your eyes right now? And I'm just going to ask you, on the count of three, there should be a button below that says, I want to give my life to Christ today. And if that's you, I just want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. One, Jesus loves you so much. He loves you so much. He came down to this earth, died for your sin, took on your sin, shame, and guilt. And he did it for you because he loves you too. Today is your day for salvation. Please don't wait another minute. You do not know if tomorrow is promised. Three, if that's you, would you click that button below and say, I want to say yes to Jesus. We got a team that wants to pray for you. We got a team that wants to have some conversation with you and help you in this journey. We're not going to stalk you or anything like that. All we want to do is we want to help you and offer some solutions, offer some tools, and give you some weapons as you are experiencing this new journey of life in Christ. And we want to say to all of our church family, we love you. We miss you. And uh, let's go multiply and let's go win some souls. God bless you. I can't wait to see you next week for part two, the habits of soul winners. God bless you guys. Love y'all.